Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is Jeff Fedoten with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Podcast Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for every team in Casey and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, former Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valerio and I discuss the Chiefs offseason and what they're going to do with wide receiver. And we also discuss the new naming rights deal for what was previously Arrowhead Stadium. So, Joe, we're going to continue our series here. Last week we talked about uh, the offensive line, what they're going to do there, and it was met with such roaring success from everyone. <laughs> everyone was talking about it, so we're like, we're going to continue with this, with uh, the wide receivers, and that's kind of an obvious place to start because that's another position kind of of need. I mean, I know they have one of the best in the, in the league in, in Tyreek Hill, but they have uh, multiple free agents there. Um, yeah, so Joe, Joe, how do you see the wide receiver uh, group kind of shaking out uh, next year? Well, I mean, Jeff, I think it has a lot – it draws it draws a lot of analogies to what's happening on the O-line because there's mm-hmm. so much uncertainty. You know, it's already March 10th, and we're still trying to figure out what that three deep is going to look like – or not three deep, but the three across, right? I mean, w- when we knew that Tyreek and Sammy Watkins and, and McColl and DeMarcus were really playing at their high level, we knew that they were – that Legion of Zoom was four – really, really good receivers. Obviously, you know, you had you throw Byron Pringle in the mix. I mean, obviously, Kelsey, if you want to count him as like a half a receiver, right? I mean, they really had it going on, right? But now it's like, just like with the O-line, we had some awesome conversations about that O-line. You go back to the middle part of, of, of the Super Bowl winning year, and you're like, man, they were, they were on fire, right? I mean, they were protecting Mahomes, they were running the ball, you know, it just, it just, and things changed so quickly, Right. I mean, with Watkins and Robinson as free agents, I think it just comes down now to Eric Bieniemy, Andy Reid, Brett Beach looking at this offseason, trying to figure out what does this passing game look like in, you know, 2021. Right. So what, what is it? What is it? What do they want it to develop into? What do they want to do? Are they do they want to go back to the Legion of Zoom? Do they want it to be a combination of throwing some big reliable more reliable not that those guys weren't reliable but you know what I mean that more reliable less speedy receiver maybe a little bigger you know you can throw some fades too you can throw those back shoulder you know catches to those big hulking receivers that come to mind growing up here in Philadelphia watching you know the uh you know the the Terrell Owenses of the world the Randy Mosses like not that those guys aren't fast but they're definitely different um I, I mean it's going to be very interesting Jeff and I think it's Next to the offensive line, it's going to have to be a super high priority if they want to give you know Patrick the targets that that he needs to complement what they're you know trying to do in building the run game. Uh, and you me- you mentioned uh, kind of Watkins and Robinson, and just to kind of piggyback on that, so yeah, Sammy Watkins is an unrestricted free agent. So is Demarcus Robinson, uh, and Byron Pringle is actually a restricted free agent. Mm-hmm. Um, Watkins. You know, nobody really expected him to be back last year, and he kind of took a team-friendly deal to return. You know, so you never know with Watkins. Um, Brett Veach, during his uh, press conference uh, to start the offseason, was 
not you kind of read between the lines that he was not very optimistic but you know no again no one thought he'd be back uh last year and you know Watkins is kind of an interesting guy that he's he um you know he's been so good in the postseason last year i remember uh during the super bowl during media interviews uh you know was in his hometown he had tons of people there but during a lot of the media days, he was wearing like a hoodie, didn't have his jersey on, kind of was hiding out from the attention. And he even like it talked about, you know, oh, maybe he'll hang it up and stuff. You know, he's just kind of an interesting guy. He's been the star receiver, the big the big uh, target in Buffalo. And now he went, he kind of seemed to like being part of a supporting cast. So you never know what he's going to do. And, uh, you know, Dark, Demarcus Robinson was a guy that also people might not have expected back, came on a team friendly one year deal um yeah i'm i'm not expecting him back either uh pringle i actually do think will return yeah, yeah. And, and that's a that's a good solid 3 jeff you mm-hmm. know tyreek mercole and byron pringle but it's not it's not what we've become accustomed to right and you know i think it's 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 going to be make or break for you know chiefs management scouts coaches to really determine what do they want this team to look like, right? You know, the Chiefs, the one thing we've talked about in the past that they're very good at, this organization, when you start all the way from Brett Beach and you go into the coaching staff, they're great at building a playbook around the players. So this is we're going to get ourselves into like a catch-22 situation, right, where we're going to be wondering, are the Chiefs going to go out and find the best talent out there at, wide, at the wide receiver position that they can fit into the cap and that, that are good character guys that, you know, we, we know that the Chiefs organization always goes after. And are they going to be able to build the playbook and Patrick skills around that? Or are they going to, you know, try to put together a playbook that, you know, goes back to, you know, the, the Super Bowl year, the win year, and are they going to try to mold the – bring in players that fit that playbook? I, that's, I think for me, that's what's going to be fun to watch unfold. Um, and I think the other thing that's scary is – you know, as teams have tried to replicate what the Chiefs have done and what they are doing with their offensive firepower, you know, you wonder if those guys are going to have a little bit of a marquee name out there and, and, and it's going to tick up their price tag a little bit and make them more attractive, knowing they, here's our term again, championship DNA, right? And and sort of trying to replicate what the Chiefs and what Eric Bieniemy has done with that offense over the last couple of years. So, I think this is a huge position to focus on this offseason for fans. I think it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out and who the Chiefs really ultimately get to be, you know, let's go one, two, and three, right? We know Tyreek Hill's the lock. Well, Joe, football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. And the only place you should be betting on these sports is betonline.ag. We're going to talk about more about the wide receivers and also the – wide receivers in the draft. You can even bet on the first wide receiver to be picked in the 2021 20, draft. Right now, that's Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. Bet Online, though, even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Bet Online has hundreds of props with real-time odds on almost anything you can imagine. And, of course, the 24-hour online casino. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Uh, Joe, I, I mentioned the wide receivers in the draft, and this is a very good uh, 
wide receiver crop in the 2021 20, draft. So it was a good year for the Chiefs to uh, be in somewhat in need. You know, I actually was on a press conference with uh, Daniel Jeremiah uh, of NFL.com and NFL Network uh, yesterday, and he, he was really raving about the uh, wide receiver class. We mentioned Jamar Chase in a bet online ad. He and then the two Alabama guys, Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell, probably go top 10, all those, all those guys. Um, mm-hmm. And Devontae Smith, we all know, is the Heisman Trophy guy, great route runner, Waddlesworth speed guy. Those guys are going to be uh, gone, you know, long before the Chiefs pick unless Beach goes – gets really aggressive. But because those guys are going to be drafted so early, there's also some pretty good uh, depth there at the receiver position. So this, this is something – and I'm not sure it's even necessarily a, a first-round target, but I really expect – the Chiefs, I'd be surprised if the Chiefs don't draft a receiver in the first three rounds. All are mature positions where players need to come in. They need to get used to the physicality and the speed and the size of every player, right? Not just not just all of the players that they're playing against in college, but every player that's on an NFL roster. It takes a little time, but it just seems to me, in my opinion, receivers seems to be, and you know, and here I am, right. Well, who, what do I know? I'm, I'm a wide receiver. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, but I, I, it just seems to me that, that that seems to be a position they could make an impact with somebody late first round, early second rounds, you know, or if they could trade up or do something to move bump up and get one of those top 10 or 15 receivers. I, I think that would be a really good move for the chiefs. I really do based on the puzzle pieces they need to, to make this happen. Right. Because, you know, we kind of you and I were texting during the week about, you know, Jason Peters. Right. It could he man, does he fit that bill for filling that hole on the offensive line? Right. He's he's not going to command starting money. Right. But he's got a lot of gas in the tank. And could he be the guy that comes in that if you imagine if we had Jason Peters on the roster last year? right? Or not last year, but this past season right, right. for the Super Bowl. What a difference, right? You know, you allow Mike Remmers to stay inside. You don't have to have, you know, Wiley jumping out at right tackle. You put in a Jason Peters. I think you're in a much better shape. So, you know, that was, I think it's there's so many dominoes to this and how it all plays out. But I think, I think wide receiver early is going to be something the Chiefs need to do given what we just talked about with the three guys that we have as one, two, and three right now to support Patrick and, and what they, what Eric needs to do to, to make that offense hum. Yeah. Great, great point about Peters. He would fit in well, cause we have, you know, be, between Schwartz and Fisher who are really talented, we don't know about their health and their, their long, uh, long-term ability or, I guess, throughout the whole season. And Peters is a guy too, that so, so talented. I'm not, Sure, if he would necessarily last super long either, but you're talking you, – you mix all those together, and I think you can get some elite tackle play, maybe not for the long term, but mm-hmm. for, uh, for the season. Uh, back to receivers a little bit, though. Joey, I think the, the key person really – you know, first of all, uh, Patrick, with Patrick Mahomes, even if the Chiefs had C-plus receivers, they, they still have a pretty good offense. Right. And they clearly don't. I mean, Tyreek Hill and himself and, you know, Travis Kelsey were – is not a receiver, but um, is, yeah. is for good all intents and purposes, yeah, totally, totally. But that said, I really see as the key guy. Seems like McCall Hardman this year, really the key guy that you've seen just flashes. Um, can he put it all together? He's kind of made great plays, but also then mistakes. 
So if he can put it all together, and that's the nice thing, even like you said, if they go for more of a, you know, uh, of a possession guy, a big body receiver, they still with Hardman and Hill, that's still, there's still going to be some league, uh, Legion of zoom there, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to see the dynamics of that, right? I'd love to see the dynamics of a big bodied receiver to give Patrick some more of those type of throws, right? And those are, you know, uh, Travis will occasionally, you know, he'll, he'll make those back shoulder catches. Um, and, and when he's, when he's pushing a, a, a man corner or a linebacker down the field, he'll, he'll come back and make those. Um, I think it would be really interesting to see those dynamics to go to having, like you said, those two guys, right. We can get, get McCall Hardman to really mature and, and find himself and spend a whole off season with Patrick and continuing to build his skills. We know what Tariq Hill can do. But man, to to throw in the mix, I, I just wonder what that would do for an Eric Bieniemy playbook, right? And I wonder how Andy would react to something like that if they could go get one of those, we'll call them big body receivers, right? That can be more a little more physical, give Patrick more throws. We we see that he can make all the throws, right? There isn't a throw the guy can't make. He made he made one, you know. 45 degrees to the ground or whatever. How, <laughs> I'm, my math, my wife's going to be mad. She's a math teacher. But, you know, when he was parallel to the ground in the Super Bowl, right? I mean, the guy can make any throw we ask him to and that the coaches ask him to. And I, and I think, um, you know, I, I really think that, that if, if they can see if that could work in their mix, right? If they could get one of those type of receivers and see if they could build a playbook around that. Like that would be, to me, that would be really exciting. You got Kelsey, Hill, Hardman, and then a big body, you know, somebody you can throw fades to in the end zone, somebody that can take back shoulder catches, really push, you know, push corners down the field with, with their physicality. I think that would be actually pretty exciting. And, you know, who am I? I'm, I'm not Eric Bieniemy, and I'm not Andy Reid. But I, to me, as a football fan, that would be really cool to watch unfold. That would be exciting. We, we talk a lot about the Chiefs say this, like they want you to defend every blade of grass and you certainly have to defend deep with Hardman and Hill um, and Edwards Elair in the flat, Kelsey kind of a mid-range guy. You add like another kind of medium target, you really are talking all parts of the field. Um, Joe, do you think uh, we talked about offensive line clearly seems to be the biggest need. Is wide receiver second or do you think that's putting it uh, – ahead of other important needs? I think, I think consciously or unconsciously, Jeff, I think we made this our second talking point for the pod for a reason, whether we did it on purpose or not. Um, I, I do. I think it's working its way into, especially given the uncertainty of the, um, of the free agency situation with, with our, our, our number two and number three receiver and, and even our number four and Byron Pringle is a restricted free agent. I think it has to bump up there. Right. It's got to be offensive line one, you know, wide receiver one A or two. Right. I mean, just given where we are right now and, you know, we're recording this on March 10th and, you know, March 10th of where we are right now with the way this roster looks and going back and looking at some of the games that the Chiefs lost, obviously the Super Bowl, where some of the things where we fell down um, in that game, I would say that, you know, solidifying the O-line. And to me, I, I, I want to use the word reliable receivers. I think that's, that's the, the term that keeps coming up in my mind is we need, you know, not to make comparisons, but, you know, we need one of those receivers that, you know, Tom Brady had them for so long, right? They weren't the fastest. They weren't the, the speediest, but man, they were reliable. Right. And, um, 
you know, I just wonder if, if we made a move to somebody like that, if it would change the dynamic and maybe for the positive to see if we wouldn't stall again, like we did, like, you know, some of the issues that Patrick ran into um, in the Super Bowl. You know, um, interesting too, uh, Watkins is kind of the major free agent. He's, he's such an interesting guy in the sense that, you know, he was injured a lot. Uh, but man, in the postseason, like without his contributions in the postseason huh. last year, I mean, he, he really, um, not only did he have the big reception in the Super Bowl where he beat Richard Sherman on kind of the same route Devontae Adams uh, ran against uh, Sherman, but he was huge in uh, the, the Tennessee game in the AFC championship game. So he's, he, he didn't necessarily do the, the most during the, the regular season, but when they needed him and uh, he was, he was, he was big. So uh, that'll be interesting to see what happens to him. And uh, yeah, I, I, I agree that wide receiver is up there. I also think linebacker, maybe uh, even quarterback or uh, uh, defensive end could be an issue, but I think wide receiver is right up there uh, for me. Well, Joe, I want to give a brief moment to talk about our newest sponsor, eBay. Whether rare dead stock or the latest release, find the exact shoe you're looking for. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box, logo, stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker also receives an authenticity, excuse me, an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity, and it also protects sellers with a verified return process. And for sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers $100 or more, making it free to sell or flip your collection. Go to ebay.com sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. Uh, eBay sneakers, Chiefs, my family, uh, my father-in-law has a, has a pair, the pair of uh, sneakers that Joe Montana wore in his first game uh, as a Chief with the Bucks. Wow, uh, he got them on eBay. Really? So, yeah, he's a he's a huge collector, and uh, he you know Christian Coye, Joe Montana, Derek Thomas, you know some of the bigger names, Len Dawson. Uh, he, you know, he was going after the bigger names, you know, he got a couple, he's got a couple of Joe Valerio things uh, sitting around his den, uh, you know, that I was able to give, him. <laughs> not, not sold for a lot on eBay, but definitely I was able to give to him, but, but, uh, yeah, but he, he has the, those sneakers got him on eBay off, off, off and there's that word again, totally authenticated and, uh, really has been a, one of his prized memorabilia possessions. Now that's how much did those, those go for, do you know? Oh man, I think he got them a while ago, Jeff. He prayed he paid a pretty penny for those. Um, but they were, it was exciting cause he has, he has them next to a picture, uh, in a case with, uh, with Joe at that game in Tampa, which, you know, it was Joe's first game. It was beautiful, sunny day. Like the sun was shining. Camera angle was perfect. And you could see the same sneakers that Joe was wearing, uh, in that game. So, uh, yeah, it was really cool. Uh, but I think he, I don't know what he paid exactly, Jeff, but he paid a pretty penny for them and, and they were worth it because he's really gotten a lot of enjoyment out of those. Now the question is, couldn't you have saved him a lot of money, Joe, by just snagging those with Joe isn't looking right? in the locker room? Right. They walked over and say, Hey Joe, what are you doing with those sneakers? You know, uh, <laughs> but you know, he, they ended up, they ended up out on there on the market and um, he ended up with them. So yeah, it's just, I figured I'd had to, I had to tie that in with our new partner, eBay and chiefs, family, 
you know, Joe Montana and eBay and sneakers, right? Ties it all, ties it all together. Ties it all together. Great story, Joe. Well, you and Joe Montana, you guys all played at Arrowhead Stadium, of course. Big news in this past week, how they're now a new naming rights deal. Um, an insurance company, a local insurance company, G-E-H-A, is going to be uh, bought the naming rights. So it's going to be G-E-H-A Field uh, at Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, Joe, and I, I'm not a fan of this. Arrowhead Stadium, everybody loves that name, and it conjures up so many good memories. And there aren't many NFL teams now that have their original names without kind of a sponsorship deal. It's nice to have. Um, yeah. I don't know. It, it just rubs me the wrong way that I, I know it's a business and you have to do those things. But, you know, it also doesn't exactly roll off the tongue or, or, or is the most exciting name, I feel. So what are your thoughts having played at Arrowhead Stadium? Oh, you know, Jeff, that's a, it's such a double-edged sword, right? We know the commercialization of sports, right? We know. And I just thank goodness that the NFL has done a pretty good job of keeping things off of the players' uniforms. And, you know, you're not staring at all kinds of, you know, when you watch a NASCAR race or, you know, when you see like uh, professional soccer and things like that, where you see all the, you know, logos and things on people's jerseys or cars or whatever, like in, in NASCAR or even, or even their uniforms, um, you know, their racing uniforms. But so I think the NFL's done a good job. Look, they, they, it's tough to pass up an opportunity for free money because mm-hmm. I look at it this way, Jeff, and I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you, but at the end of the day, and I'm not this, look, you know, people from GEHA, which th- actually you're right, doesn't really roll off the tongue. It's not like it's Giha Field or something, mm-hmm. right? Like you have to, you have to say GEHA every time. Um, you know, number one, at least they did the GEHA field at Arrowhead Stadium, right? So mm-hmm. what's going to ultimately end up happening is I, I don't, I think it's going to be window dressing, to be honest. I think it's, to me, the naming rights and having something like that. It's not like people are dry, you know, if somebody's lucky enough to get tickets to an arrow, to a game at Arrowhead and they say, Hey, my buddy just gave me four tickets. To, uh, we're going to, we're heading to Arrowhead. Like nobody's going to say, Hey, we're heading to GEHA field at Arrowhead. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think from that perspective, it, it's, it's th- those kind of naming rights are great for the commercials. They're great for, you know, the blimp shots right? They're great for, you know, the video games, right? Like, you know, you're doing EA sports or whatever, and, you know, you get the announcers to come on and, oh, you know, the Chiefs versus the Raiders live at GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium. Like, it's not going to be something I, I don't think that people are going to pull into their, to their lexicon. Um, you know what I mean? I think, I think, I, I think just that the, the reason, the, the fact that they did it, the field at Arrowhead, is a lot. It's a, there's some saving grace there, and hey, it's a local company too, right? You know, it's you not like, like that, right? some national company coming in. It's not specific to the area where people can really feel the local feel, because that's what Kansas City's built on, right? It's built on local businesses. It's built on, you know, local people, you know, living and and working and 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 entertaining themselves in Kansas City. So, you know, I, I'm at least I, I'm looking at the positives of it, um, but. You know, it is, again, it's one more of, you know, that walk down the commercialization line of professional sports, right? Where you take a, a storied field like Arrowhead and, and throw, slap a name on it. A good comp is actually, and I, I, I just looked this up. I didn't know this was the name. Um, so Mile High Stadium is Empower Field at Mile yeah. High. And, and Mile High is another great, that's a great name. I mean, it, it talks about the, 
uh, altitude, like right there in itself is like a home field advantage. You hear my high. I don't even actually know what, what company um, Empower is. Um, so I, 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 ju I just hope that people still call it uh, Arrowhead Stadium. And like you said, I do like that the fact it's a local company. That is nice. I do wish it was a little more, the stadium's back to kind of, a, I guess, speaking of Denver again, Coors Field is like a perfect sponsorship name. You kind of think of the Rocky Mountains in Denver or, or Levi Stadium because, you know, uh, the gold rushers actually wore Levi, you know, wore, wore jeans. That's kind of how it all started. So I, I wish it was a little bit, you know, it was like a Casey Masterpiece field. Yeah, so Casey like, Masterpiece, you know, Hallmark, little... Hallmark, Hallmark field or something, right, where the people, you know, they love watching their Hallmark movies and everybody knows what an impact the Hallmark uh, as a company and the Hall family had on, on Kansas City uh, over the years. But you're right, right? It's it's definitely not something that people are, are going to really know. They're going to have to do their research. And, and maybe sometimes, maybe sometimes, you know, business owners like that, they, they, they want it. They want you to have to Google it. Right. And then all of a sudden it's like, you're watching the game and you're, you're a, a Jets fan and the Jets are going into Arrowhead to play the chiefs. And you're like, what is GHA feel? What is that? And maybe you're Googling it or something, or you're typing it into your phone to see something. So I think they'll get their bang for their buck out of it as much, as much play as the chiefs get on national television. And, you know, with the various media outlets and everything, I think they'll, they'll definitely, but I don't think it's going to have, a huge impact on what I would call the day-to-day -day mm. of, 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 of an, of Arrowhead, right. Of, of being a Chiefs fan. I think it's just kind of a, a naming thing that, you know, same to you, Jeff. I, I didn't know. I know what Empower is. It's a financial services firm, does 401ks and things like that. But I, I didn't even know Mile High was in Powerfield. I just call it Mile High. So, you know, I, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's a little different than something like Lincoln Financial Field, right? Because that was brand new. Mm -hmm. Right. When, because I got to be honest, like, you know, for those, for our listeners who, who aren't familiar with the Philadelphia area, like the, the Eagles used to play at veteran stadium and, and, you know, I still, still to this day say, Hey, yeah, we're driving past the vet. Mm -hmm. When I look at Lincoln financial field, I still call it the vet. And, and it's like, it's just hard to get those things out of your head, but at least Lincoln financial field, when they did the naming rights, it was new there was not that tie, right? It wasn't mm -hmm. like Lincoln Financial Field at Veteran Stadium, right? It just, they started fresh, they built the new field, the new stadium, they called it the Link, Lincoln Financial Field, and bam, right? You, like, you, you just start unencumbered. And, you know, with, a, with something like Arrowhead that's been around since 1971, it, you know, you're, you're not gonna, you're gonna, have, you're gonna have a problem with that, right? Unless they completely blew up Arrowhead and moved the team to, you know, Northern Kansas city or something, you know, move them out of their current location or move them out to Kansas somewhere. Um, you know, that's why I don't, I just, you know, long story long, I just don't see it as a really a huge impact for day-to-day -day Chiefs fans. As a, as a former Chiefs player, when you heard the news were you at all like, you know, since you played in that stadium, I'm sure you have uh, such a memory that were you at all bummed or, or were you kind of just what you articulated here that, you know, it's just, it's kind of the way it goes. Nobody's really going to necessarily refer to it. Look, you know, players as a player, you know, you got to look at, this is the kind of stuff that feeds the machine, mm -hmm. right? So if, if Patrick Mahomes wants to, if you want to have the quarterback that makes a half a billion dollars or you want Dak Prescott who, you know, signed the richest guaranteed deal next to Patrick Mahomes, and history of the NFL, you know, you got to, you got to do stuff like this. So I think as a player in the business side of it, you do kind of understand there's certainly, I think the nostalgia is going to happen for players who are maybe a little bit older, 
you know, guys who are probably who've, who've retired, you know, in the last 10 years plus, you know, that are going to say, oh man, you know, Arrowhead, how can you, you know, kind of take that name away? So I think there'll be some nostalgia for a lot of people, a lot of players, but I think most players understand that if players are going to get paid this kind of money, they're, the teams need to, to find creative ways to, in, you know, boost the income of the team and of the, of ultimately of the NFL. So I think it's, you know, it's part of it. I, I'm, I'm more than it being just Arrowhead. I'm just, I just don't like the over commercialization of sports. Same. Like to me, that's, that's a great the, point. Yeah. It's just, it's not just so much this particular case. It's just the whole thing, you know, it just, cause to me, it just, it just, it seems to take away from it a little bit from, for me. Great point, Joe. No, I, I think they should have just named it Patrick Mahomes Field at <laughs> <Right>? Stadium. <laughs> hey, you know, that's – or, you know, Hunt Field. You know, Hunt Field at Arrowhead Stadium. Nice. Pays, pays an homage to the Hunt family and to Lamar and his family, bringing the team there. You know, maybe that's something you do. And, you know, but, again, you're not, you're not generating any income out of that. You're just yeah. – you're going pure nostalgia. Of course. But – you know, that's the kind of stuff that that doesn't bother me at all. You know, when I see when I see fields get named after alums or right, that's uh, totally. their owners or general managers or whatever, that kind of gets me a little bit excited because you're really that's a tribute right to their contribution. Grunhard Field, right? John Alt Field at Arrowhead, right? So <laughs> that that to me is 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 more better. Um, you know, a, a more better you know Will Shield Stadium at at arrowhead or something you know i mean that that kind of stuff would make you excited Derek thomas you know thomas field but um yeah it's just it's just that commercialization of of games jeff it just it's tough it's tough because you you just don't know where the line's going to get drawn uh speaking of mahomes too that uh he actually g-e-h-a was actually a sponsor or he was he was a sponsor for them, a paid spokesman. So I was familiar with it a little bit, but didn't really had you know you're you're in in the business world in insurance. Were you familiar with that company? I, I got to be honest, Jeff. I really wasn't. Um, you know, I don't really deal in in sort of insurance for their niche, right? Which is you know, it's it's first of all, it's a nonprofit, which is great. So mm-hmm. I am. I am excited that it's a company that is, uh, you know, is a nonprofit organization. You know, the the services they provide to federal employees, retired military, and their families. It's kind of like, I guess, for lack of better terms, just to make a, a really a stretch of an analogy, we'd be more like a like a, a USAA, right? Mm-hmm. That provides you know automobile and homeowners and some life insurance products to to military uh, veterans and their families. So it does have a nice feel to it from that perspective. It's not this all consuming, you know, for-profit company that's out to, you know, try to gobble up market share and just get their name out there and beat their competitors to the punch. I think there's probably a nice community tie there. I'm sure they'll coming along with these naming rights will be some things that players and coaches and, and, and people in the organization will be contracted to do, um, you know, which is good. I think that that kind of partnership to bring in a stakeholder like that, that's exciting, you know, and, and they're providing a great service of medical and, and dental insurance to, to people who, who sometimes don't always have the best access to those products. Right. Um, so I think, I think that's, I think that's a, a really nice, another nice byproduct of it. Joe, well, well put about the, uh, the, the nonprofit that's, that's a makes should make people hopefully feel who are a little anxious, ambivalent about the name. Maybe that makes uh, fans out there feel 
a little bit better about that. Well, if you enjoy this show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.